Welcome back to Film Vloggers. We review films with vlog dead horses, so you don't have to. Is this week's film choice a complete waste of your viewing time? Much like vlogging slash beating a dead horses, get it? Please head over to www.filmvloggers.com to check out all of our previous vloggings. And while you're there, maybe hang out for a while, look around and vote for our next film. Click on vote or visit www.filmvloggers.com forward slash vote. Are you an idiot? If so, please check out our idiot's guide to reviewing us, where even a big dummy like you can leave us a red-hot review. Here at Film Vloggers, we pride ourselves on offering one-star content with five-star effort. Once on the website, please click on Idiot's Guide, or visit us at www.filmvloggers.com forward slash review hyphen us. That should have been Idiot's Guide. My fault, I didn't change the URL. Annoying. Once again, filmvloggers.com forward slash review hyphen us. Believe it or not, we now have a Patreon. I know what you're thinking. You have the audacity to ask us to pay to receive more of this. Forceful dramatic effect. Yes. We have a Patreon-exclusive show called Near Pickers. I think you'll like it. Please visit www.filmflogs.com forward slash support hyphen us. Again, that hyphen is annoying. Should have removed it. Or head straight to our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash film wafflers. No idea why I did film wafflers. Another mistake. Where you can support us for as little as one British pound or a buck fifty. And while you're on the website, punch that big purple subscribe button and tell a friend about the vlog. Wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, mistress, your nan, granddad, your kids. They can tell their friends. They can tell their friends at school about the vlog. But in all seriousness, this really helps the podcast grow and enables us to enrich or ruin the lives of the hundreds of millions of earlobes we haven't reached yet. Welcome to Film Vloggers. Oh, harder, Daddy. The only film review podcast, thankfully, that poses the question, does watching this film feel like flogging a dead horse? There he is, beating that dead horse! Introducing your hosts. First up, her Irish potty mouth turns the air a whole new shade of blue. It's Fiona. Say hello, Fiona. And why the fuck is Dan Mackers doing our intro? I want me gold! That's great. It's great. She's adorable. And your second host needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend. Like, I said I'd do this. I said I'd do this for you. I'm not reading this. It's the guy who waffles too much. It's Ben. Cooey! I'm making waffles. So what are you waiting for? Grab your whip, mount your dead horse, and let's get on with the flog, shall we? Over to you, Ben. Right. Okay, I think that should be all right. Ah, oh, right. Where are we? Where are we? What are we doing? I should speak first, actually, Dan, because obviously you are now the new host, so that's fine. I say that just because we've got the intro by yourself, which is fantastic. But then right at the end of the intro, you obviously you obviously say, um, over to you, Ben. So we can't have you speaking first because that would make no sense. Let me just ramble. Hello, it's Ben. Okay, now you've passed me over to you. So now I can pass back to you to tell everyone what we're doing. Okay, you're not going to like do that every time we record, right? Like this was just the one time that you're going to explain how it works. This isn't going to be an ongoing thing, is it? I'll make sure it's cleaner next time. I'll just say, yeah, yeah. That was just, okay, good. Uh, yeah, just practicing. Okay. Ben, I'll tell you what I'll do as well. Um, when I'm not talking, I'll mute my mic because I'm very aware, as you are. It's very sensitive, my microphone, so... I don't want to catch, and I had cigars last night because of the wedding, so I don't want to, I don't want to be picked up. 
I guess Sean wasn't aware that we were like we were into the show. Like that was part of our shtick. Oh, we? So oh God, sorry. Do you want to start again? <laughs> oh shit! This is how this is how I like to open. No pressure. We just we just get into it. We just start talking about whatever. This is it. I don't want to go in and just be like, right, guys, militant face off. Oh, just drop the bomb there about what film we're doing. But yeah, no, we're just ease into it. But no, Sean, just do what you need to do. Just keep your mic on. We want all the noise, all the background noise, I'm whatever. Drinking a beer. I'm drinking a care. beer as well. Not... And by the way, Dan, I must say, this is the second time we've podcasted together. And both times I've been hungover. Honestly, I I don't drink. I've just had like a stag do at my brother's wedding yesterday. You do have to get drunk before you, you speak to the Mackles. It makes sense. No, I mean, it's a lot It's it it's a lot of pressure, you know, when you're kind of coming on with someone that is uh, as polished and smooth as myself you feel a natural bit of anxiety so that, yeah, just your head or your voice as well and we do we mm-hmm. sorry that's that, exactly. not hanging through isn't it i do apologize very smooth oh am i talking now oh sorry i was yeah, just, letting, no, let, I was just letting you i was just letting you two josh you know it's, okay. it's all good uh okay so you know what are we doing today we're doing face off so i guess the reason i thought well, it would make sense to do a, a Nicolas Cage film is because he's got a new film on the horizon. Now, I say that by the time this comes out, God knows when this is going to come out. So so that new film, um, oh my God, it's, I've forgotten the name of the film again. The Unbearable, the unbearable Weight, weight of, of Massive Talent. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one, right. So by the time that comes out, which I think will be next week as of recording, this may drop May, June, December. It'll drop, but just not sure when, so... Yeah, uh, film vloggers, I don't think we've done a lot of Nicolas Cage, to be honest. I think Con Air, me and Fiona did that really back in the day on the old Klim microphone, which was a lot of fun. Other than that, uh, Dan, you know, as a as film vloggers number one fan, what, what other Nicolas Cage films have we done? Off the top of your head, do you know, do you know any? Because I bloody don't. Uh, again, all I can uh, all I can think of is is the Con Air one, which is it's kind of a it's kind of a shame because you take a look at this this time when Face Off came out, uh, starring both Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. They were two of the biggest stars in the in the mid nineties coming together for what was what blockbusters look like back in that time before uh we've sort of uh wrestled them away us comic book fans from uh from films like this. But uh yeah, no, you gotta get some more cage in there. Where did man. it all go wrong, eh Dan? Where did it all go wrong? Look at what we had. Look at nineteen ninety seven. We did the rock Ben, but that wasn't film flowers, it was Well yeah this is well this is it, I guess for me. Yeah. This is the end of the so-called trifecta isn't it of the uh, of those films yeah so you had uh the rock and then con air and face off were in the same year weren't they 97 mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah jesus it's a big year for that's cage a, that's a run isn't it for cage that is a run yeah well me and dan touched upon the whole 90s sort of action flick in our Die Hard 2 episode which may or may not be out by this point and i haven't really thought about it since but i i mentioned what it was for these action films in the 80s and the 90s and the whole cliche of how they don't make films like they used to. I'm still not quite sure what it is as such. You know, we'll get into it, what makes this film so good. But, you know, Sean, is there anything? Can you answer that question? Do you know why they don't make films like that anymore? Yeah, not to upset anyone, but they don't want to upset anyone. <laughs> they, they they go out and make films like, well, for a start, we're so chocker a superhero movie, so one, there's far too many of them. Need to cut the field down a little bit. I think, and also studios have got frightened of 
going with an original idea um, in terms of, you know, you would rather go with a Terminator 16 or, uh, you know, a superhero spin-off or whatever than the would with an original film and the 90s films as well, specifically the cage trifecta. There's, there's things in them that especially you wouldn't get away with doing. Well, you, people are, people would mourn about stuff and we'll get into that later, but I, I think it's, and um, we'll get into this as well. They did a lot of things for real. Whereas now, you know, it's not real and it takes you out of it. And I think it's disappointing. I think there's a reason why films like The Dark Knight have been received so well because they're done. There's a lot of that that's done for real rather than other things. Yeah, what you mean like a lot of practical stuff. CGI was was still, it was there, but it wasn't really taking over a lot of films. It was just having little spots here and there. But um, yeah, no, No, it's, it's, it is tough, right? And um, uh, I, you know, we've said this many times on the show. Like, I am not as big of a uh, uh, a hater on those films that rely now, heavily now. on CGI. On. Hate as, is a strong as, as word. Ben. Come on. But uh, yeah, there, there, there is perfect examples, and like you said, there, Sean, uh, the Dark Knight, where there is plenty of CGI in it, but it's used in the right ways, right? Like they use it in ways to sort of perhaps hide things and uh, just sort of enhance the scene. Whereas uh, a lot of films, like, again, I I love the superhero films. You know, I grew up where, uh, you know, the options for watching a superhero major motion picture were slim. So the fact that the studios have, have taken... Uh, these 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 stories that I've grown up with and put some real serious uh, production value into them, I think is fantastic. But having said that, um, I still tend to to zone out on the uh, the CGI gigantic action scenes in the end because it's there's just too much going on, and I think they need to 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 bring it back. But yeah, um, this this film Face Off, as we said, came out in in '97. And uh, again, CGI was present at the time, but having watched it last night, I couldn't see anything but the the, the practical effects that existed in it, which uh, again was almost charming in a way watching it back. It was a conscious decision, if I'm all right to jump in here, just because I read the trivia. I did my trivia dredge. Oh, please, Sean, dump the trivia. Come on, let's it hear it. It was an actual um, conscious decision by them to make things for real. So, for example, the plane chase scene at the beginning, they wanted to do as, as a, I think it was blue screen back then, uh, the studio and John Woo said no. The whole action sequence with uh, Over the Rainbow, they wouldn't finance it. So he actually put his own money up, and that's the only reason that part's in it. Although there is a part in that, Ben, where you can see somebody's uh, a stunt guy's wires as he gets yanked back. Is that the guy who's, who just sort of seems like he takes a seat on, the, uh, on one of the chairs? He sort of zip lines in and then just takes a seat and then gets blown back out of the seat. It was like, all right, he's yeah, off. It's the, it's the guy who comes down from the roof and, and the, the bald guy, I can't remember his name. He just shotguns him and the guy flies backwards. Oh, yeah. I th- yeah, I think it's the guy who lands in the chair and just in sort the, of goes, yeah, yeah this is pretty comfy. Oh. Yeah. And it, yeah, he flies off, yeah. Yeah, I go, yeah, yeah what a scene, guy. eh? What an unbelievably ridiculous scene. But, well, that pretty much sums up the whole film, doesn't it? But. Yeah, so like again, it's it's so hard to look at this film objectively because 
when it came out, I was a huge fan of it, man. I, I bought it on VHS. I remember seeing it in the theater and going, this is great. This is just amazing action. And I had, um, I had a funny sort of experience with it this time, appreciating it, but also like, God damn, this is just, this is corny as all get out. And, um, damn, it was long. What? Dan, come on. Yeah, I felt long to play oh, fair. That's interesting. Dan, it's about 45 minutes less than the Batman, and I'm not going to get into that. I'm not trying to upset you, but come on. It, it, it's it's long, but there's nothing superfluous in there, I don't think. What is the running time? I, I didn't I didn't make it. It's two hours 15, two hours 15, two hours 14. Yeah, they could have like shaved that. off half an hour easy. Easy. No, no. Easy, easy, easy. No, um, by the time they got to the boat chase, I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like... Can can we just can we just have some more cheesy dialogue between Cage and Yeah, how, how was that speedboat chase? Was that was that a good climax? Eh. That whole climax for me, I mean, I don't know if you want to jump to the end, but I was just like I was in full on like this is so stupid, but this is what it's about, right? Like like we've got the funeral scene and that's going to be the whole setup for their showdown and you've got everyone there in the church and you're like, "Okay, uh something's going to go down." But no. They just smash cut to the church empty now, <laughs> and then uh, and then you're gonna have uh, Cage uh, as as Archer just waiting for uh, you know Travolta as Caster Troy walk in. It's like, well, guys, what the fuck? Like, this, this, come on! Like, this is so this is so just. Uh, I I I say much more just it's style over substance, and we're here for the big money shots. We're here for the slow-mo. And don't get me wrong. There was so much of this movie that I was like, yeah, I remember this is how movies were done. And and I realized that this is what they were going for. Like, you take a look at the scene where uh, Caster Troy shows up at the uh, at the airport. And he's got that beautiful shot of him walking out of the, the limo. And he's got the long flowing coat. And it's just all style. It blows up and he puts his arms out and... His guys remove it to put on another jacket. I'm like, why? Why was there a wardrobe change required there? Was that was that really necessary? I like his, like, I like like, his little lunchbox that he has as well. Oh, I always, I love yeah, that as a kid. Yeah. I love that as a kid when, when they brought it to him and he's got all his goodies in there. Or when he meets up with uh, the bald guy that you're referring to as Nick Cassavetes at the uh, at his like flop house or whatever, and then he brings it to him. He's got the gold guns in there. I love those gold. No guns. more drugs for that man. I love I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, face. Oh. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, yeah, the style over substance argument. Well, John Woo is very stylized, isn't he? And I think it, it plays into it beautifully. But I'd also argue, though, that another reason why the 90s films are popular is that they have a heart to them. Like, the way this begins is out of, like, action films don't start like this anymore, I don't think, either, in terms of, like, when his, you know, Travolta's son gets killed and um, the music's really emotional. They're, like, kind of building it up a little bit. And the end, like the ending, is really uplifting, which is surprising given the film that you've kind of watched. At least I thought it was uplifting. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you credit. I had it down in my notes. I, I thought the opening scene was a wonderful setup for what essentially works as a flashback, sort of setting up. Hey, here are your two main characters, and this is their beef, right? And I even liked, I, I even liked it where after uh, uh, Caster shoots uh, Travolta there. Archer, um, and he sees that he's taking the kid out. You can see that he's genuinely, she's like, shit. 
That is that is not what I meant to do there. Even though he is got a high powered rifle pointed at a guy holding his son, so I mean, odds are something was going to go just, sideways. Just aim for the head, maybe. maybe yeah, I mean, that, I, yeah, exactly. Right. If, if you well, yeah, if you watch it though, because uh, Cage is there with a rather impressive tash, and he's drinking. This is how like laid back he is. He's got a cork or whatever down there, and he's got his straw, and he turns away to like sup some of his drink. And that's when Travolta, Archie, gets his son and moves his son off the thing next to him and onto his own, like, merry-go-round horse. Because oh, cool. A part I, did, I did not pick up on that. There's a part at the beginning where he looks at him through the thing and he sees him with his son. And you see uh, Caster try kind of, well, he kind of, you know, he thinks, oh, this is a little bit. So there's that time he doesn't realise what he's done. Uh, well, he re- obviously realises what he's done, but he doesn't realise, because I don't think he'd have taken the shot. Certainly not through the chest. He probably took his head off, but. Still, we cannot redeem the man for aiming a sniper rifle at a merry-go-round that is probably filled with children. So it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's a little bit of a twat. Well, that's a very British word to use. I think we get the sense of uh, that Cage doesn't give a fuck, does he? No. He doesn't care, does he? The only thing about the John Travolta character, which is one of the best parts of the film for me, is that, well, obviously initially, he has to sort of play this this you know quite stereotypical worn out obsessed cop you know he's, he's he's you know he's broken down he's obviously very upset about about his son dying and he's shouting at everyone and his team he's got the whole thing about you know we have a break when we get a break and all this sort of stuff it's like okay john right we get it you're, you're worn down bless you so we get about 45 minutes of john travolta being you know being quite wet being quite sad naturally of course it's it's horrible he needs to get caster for his son the first 45 minutes is, is a really good build-up but for me, when we first see John Travolta um, becoming caster or having his face, it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Are you talking about like the, the, the part in the medical facility or when he's in the prison? When he goes to visit uh, John Travolta in the prison. That's great. Yeah, that is absolutely great. Where, like, I mean, uh, one of the things I noted here was that this film is overacting at its finest. They are so over the top. They're, they're so, this, nobody carries themselves like this, but for some reason it works. Now, here's my question to both of you. Who do you think does a better job with both characters? Like, I think Travolta as Archer is not great. Uh, I think when he transitions to Troy, it's fantastic. Where I think Nicolas Cage, obviously, when he's Caster Troy, he's just in his element. But for him to bring it down, I think he does a better job of bringing it down uh, than than Travolta does in the beginning. If that makes any sense, I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, Cage gets to be Cage gets to be crazy throughout. We get you know the opening when he's got the um, when he's he's planting the bomb and he's dancing around. It's like this is yeah, this is just unbelievable. Oh, this, this is just you know we jump straight into the craziness. This is like yeah, this is fantastic. But he manages to retain that craziness a little bit because naturally John Travolta is going through this massive crisis. His life's been turned upside down. So Cage can still tap into that pretty much throughout the film. Not as not as much. He's not shouting as much. He's, he's not flipping out as much. You know, he knows that um, Nicholas Cage is, is banging his wife. He's taken over his life. He's killed all his <laughs> colleagues. He's, he's going nuts. So, so Nicholas Cage uh, or John Travolta can retain that craziness a bit more. So I think I would say, yeah, Nicolas Cage does both well, um, but John Travolta as Nicolas Cage is the star of the show. Yeah. I think his mannerisms, the way he conducts himself, the way he moves around, the way he turns his head, 
the way he starts speaking, he starts slowing his words down, he starts overemphasizing stuff. It's just, it's just so good. One of so my favorite good. moments. One of my favorite moments is when he shows up at the uh, the safe house, if you will, and uh, Nick Cassavetes is just like, "Hey, man, Castor," and he gives him a hug, and he, he's just so disgusted. He's like, "Ah!" He like pushes him off. Ah! Drug dealer. <laughs> like, he's so disgusted that he's there with those people. That just those little moments that uh, that that really remind you that yeah, no, he's a different person in the body. See, I love I love the flip side of it. Like, I think there's. There's a reason about the way they perform. Apparently, you know the scene at the beginning where they're at that convention centre where they plant the bomb and they're doing that hallelujah bit. Um, Nicholas uh, Cage was acting it and Travolta was watching it and he went, apparently Travolta commented when they cut the scene, oh, that's how we're going to perform, is it? That's that's the line. That's the level. Because um, they spent a couple of weeks together beforehand um, kind of getting a few, you know, vocal, you know, like trying to look at mannerisms and things they carry across um, I yeah, I love that. I love when Travolta's kind of how flippant he is um, when he's playing like Castor Troy, um, when he's like doing an impression of Cage. You know, like when they said really serious things to him, like the boss is just, you know, oh, I'm so sorry about Tito, like his, his partner, his best friend. He's like, well, shit happens. And all this, like, I love, <laughs> I love those bits. Yeah, yeah. That he's just so flippant. Um, yeah. I, I or when, uh, when, his, when his boss comes in and goes, I can't believe you gave Pollux Troy a deal. He's like, oh, when all this fails, fresh oh, tactics. Yeah, <laughs> How did you guys find? So yeah, we we touched upon briefly the 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 open up with Nicolas Cage and then at the airport and stuff, which is yeah, which is good. It's John Woo. It's slow mo. Lots of jumping around. Lots of dual wielding. It's setting the tone nicely for what we're going to get. How did you find the whole? Without getting too bogged down with it, how did you find the whole actual face off? The surgery and the actual I've, the actual plan itself that they've they've concocted to uh, to get the information out of Pollux and in prison. Do you know the most unrealistic part for me, and this is going to sound a bit funny. The bit where they're swapping the faces, right? Well, they're just swapping one out. They're putting Cage's face on Travolta. Much they'd have dropped it. There's the, well, yeah, number one and two. There's a person and she starts clipping the hair and doing all the hair. Right. My question is, is that one of the doctors who knows how to do men's hair? a barber, which is difficult to do men's hair, or two, is that just a normal barber that they've brought in? Because if it is, fuck me, that's a screwed up job. Can you imagine? We just want you to cut this guy's hair, and then you turn up and there's this guy with his face off. I mean, that's that's unrealism at its finest. The rest of it I could go with, but not the hairdresser. Not, not at all. It's, uh, it's amazing the things that pull people out of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly the whole the whole place is just weird isn't it the whole place itself is just the idea that um I, yeah i get castor troy is now um meant to be a vegetable but you know there's there's no security no one no, no one's watching well, this guy he like, burns three you know, people. without looking too much into it it's like what what where are we like yeah. what, what, what is this he burns three going people. On? he burns three people right he burns tito is like travolta's partner he burns the woman who's like black ops or whatever she is uh or covert ops and then he burns like the doctor but then, like, what What about the woman and the other people that were there? Because it wasn't just those three. So it's that bit thing we there. And also, a really dark fact, I don't know if anyone noticed, the part when Travolta meets Cage in the prison and goes, see anything you like, and shows him his wedding ring. There's actually, like, burnt bits of charcoal and ash on the hairs on Travolta's fingers, which he's took it off, like, the charred remains. That's a bit dark, isn't it? Shows how little how little he cares. He hasn't even washed his hands. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah, because he gave him the ring, didn't he, to look after? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, I think it's just a perfect example of who gives a shit. 
It's such a stupid concept. They did one in 2012, but though, Dan. They just Dan. went with it. They did, did it re- huh? they did a real-life transplant in 2012 to a guy who apparently, I don't know, something, an accident with a shotgun in his face, and they did a face transplant in 2000, uh, 2012, so it's been done. It has, obviously, they haven't done it. Ten years ago. That way, so it has been done. So That's the thing about this film, which, again, reminded me of the, of the 80s and the 90s, and that, and I'm, you know, I, I'm... I'm not one for trying to pick holes in films, I like to think. I have criticism <laughs> uh, on occasion for certain Fuck. moments in films, but not for one second was I sitting there thinking, ah, oh, oh, that hasn't aged well, or oh, that doesn't work nope. for me, or oh, I'm going to discuss that tomorrow. I'm going to really break that down, and I, I know the lads are going to really agree with me. Oh, that, that ruined the plot. It was just like sitting there, big smile on my face, just going like, yeah. Yeah, what's next? What have we got next? Oh, Nicolas Cage with no that. face. Here we go. What's this about? This is what it is, right? You've you've got to be willing to suspend your disbelief. And the point I was making was that, you know, again, like you said, it happened in 2012. Fantastic. This is 1997. And the idea of not only ripping someone's face off and attaching it to someone else's, putting a computer chip in their, you know, throat so they can sound like the other guy, and then, you know, laser surgery to get their bodies to match is so stupid. But we just went with it and we didn't care. I didn't care. I was like, this is great. I mean, right? to, yeah. Sorry. Go on, Don. Sorry. And then, um, and then the whole, you know, <laughs> the whole scene where, where Cage wakes up, that is brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant where he's, and I also like the way that um, they, they didn't really focus too much on what he looked like without his, his face. Uh, they had the one good shot where you can see his reflection in the doctor's glasses, but uh, you know, just the way he's slurring his words and, and the doctor's like, what do you want? He's like, take one goddamn guess. I was like, oh yeah, this, this is good. This is fantastic. And then the reveal when, uh, Archer thinks he's gotten the information from Pollux and he's just waiting to get released. And again, this is all for the sake of, uh, you know, theatrical dramatics, but they open the door and there's, and there's, you know, Travolta as Caster Troy. And just that whole scene of the two of them looking at each other and that tension is broken by, ooh, we you good looking. I was like, this is, this is, this is good stuff. I, this is, this stuff still holds up for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think in terms of how unrealistic it was, I mean, there was a sheep cloned in that in 96, so it wasn't that ridiculous. Oh my God, Sean, let's saying, not get I'm into the saying. goddamn fucking I'm just, I'm just scientific saying. theory of it. It's, re- it's just, just like, we just, we're going with it. Hey Dan, you can have your points. I've got, let me counter a little bit. Ben can, Ben can. Okay, but I don't really, I, I don't know how the clone sheep ties into this wonderful job. <laughs> no, no, Dan, you know, no, come no, on. I never no, sat no. there going, do you know what? There was a clone sheep and I can <laughs> no, actually no. get myself behind the science. No, play fair, play fair, Dan. Right, you were talking about how really unrealistic it was, and all that kind of thing. So I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, but no, the the interplay between the characters is brilliant. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. On, I'll argue with pretty much everything else. Thank you. I'll take that. See, as a see you, see you love it when people agree with you, but when they don't, you're like, oh, I don't like it. Like you've got, it's part of life. No, that's not true at all. I just, uh, I think for the concept itself, it's like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Like, we, I mean, there's heart transplants, but I don't know how that ties into clone sheep. <laughs> like, like it's 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 a crazy concept that uh, I think if you were to take a look at it back at the time, no one would have looked at this as a realistic possibility. Even now, with the advances that we have in in modern medicine, but the point of it is, who cares? 
Like you just have to go with it. And I think with this whole film, you just have to take that approach. And my problem is with most films that people want to break down all the little idiosyncrasies and go, well, this doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. You look at this film. And just like I said, with the point with the whole um, fight at the end of the movie in the, in the, in the church, the setup for that is stupid, but who cares? It's a funeral. Like you just got to go with well, it. Yeah. It's a, somebody, it's the, the Lazaro's funeral, isn't it? The guy who kind of karate chops and gives a heart attack. Um, it's, it's his funeral. I admit that congregation disappears pretty quickly, but um, yeah, it, it's it's all silliness. But again, that goes into the like, oh, they don't make films like they used to, which I'm just going to keep dropping every two seconds. But it's because everything in the film is so nonsensical and just absolutely turned up to a million. Normally, you'd be like, you know, well, I certainly would be like, oh my fucking god, I'd get on board with some of it, but some of it, I'd be yeah. like, this is this is too much. Fuck me. This this is just stupid, but the the performances from Cage and Travolta are so good. And also, to be fair, I think this is something else we touched upon, Dan, about supporting characters as well in, in the Die Hard episode. I think most of the supporting characters are actually not too bad. Some of them are a bit no, hit, hit and miss. Gina Gershon's great. They don't just they're not just there to serve a purpose or come out of a couple of you know lines of dialogue. They do add to the film a little bit, and they actually are quite interesting. Again, it's it's a bit silly, and you're like. You know, why is she here? Why is Caster Troy's ex-girlfriend? What's she doing? Like, what's this whole son stuff? Oh, okay, that's going to link in because, right, yes, yes, he died and they're going to, all that stuff, the, the adopt the son at the end, which is just insane. Oh, like, if I have to watch, if I have to watch someone drag their hand over a child's face, like, one more time, like, how many times did they go to the well on that one? Yeah, that was, um, just like, okay, okay, yeah, I get so, it. Something on screen which looks, which looks nice and, like, affectionate, but in real life, it's like, I don't know. Well, I've, you know, I've had it done to me and I've tried it on other people. <laughs> and it's, um, yeah, it's just not good. It's just, it's not enjoyable. It's one of those where like, you look at it on screen and it's like, oh, that looks, that looks nice and delicate. That's lovely. Just greeting people with just um, slapping your hand on their face. But in the real world, no, I don't think that's flying. Full stop. Well, another thing too, I don't know if anyone else bumped up against it. And again, I, I hate to dismiss it just because like, well, that's the time. But the sexual harassment that took place oh, in God. this film was very uncomfortable. No, you were all for it. You didn't think it was weird when he walked in on his daughter, and there was sort of the implication no, that he no, might no, make but a it's move not, on a fourteen-year-old. No, it's, it's not his daughter. No, no, no. The age, yeah, Christ, no. But no, it's, well, it's not his daughter. Oh, let's not get into this. This is what this. this I, I, there you go, Dan. Right, right, Ben. This is why people don't make movies like this anymore because people break them down like this. I admit, and they go, oh, well, what about this? And wasn't this really? And he's and he smacked that lady's backside in the the church, and you know, he said to that woman, "Would you suck my tongue? And would, would you be grateful?" It's it was so patronising to women. I, I it took me right out of the film. That's why they don't make films like this anymore. I don't agree. I'm not saying like, yeah, I want every film to have like any bloke smacking a you know a lass's backside just because he feels like it. No, that's not on. But is it worse that she she seem seemingly enjoyed it? Does that make it worse? Well, to be fair to her, she was in a position where she had to, right? right. Like she's, she's an agent, isn't she? An undercover agent. Oh no! So oh sorry, go no, 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 no. At the, right at the start, when um, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Right at the start, when Cage when Cage is spinning the head round and he's 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 dancing and he he goes up to the woman and uh, mm. grabs the uh, the tushy and uh, starts doing one of the most iconic faces of all time. That that was the thing as well. It's like, well, there was a lot of people there who saw Nicolas Cage. Um, wearing that that cloth and, and dancing around, it was like 
if if one of those could maybe just come forward or or new Castro Troy, we're like, uh, oh, he was actually just dancing around the convention center actually last week. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, I don't think he's a I don't think he's a priest or anything. Like, yeah, I think he's a he's a bad guy. This is what happens when you break down the facts. So they didn't catch they didn't catch the fact they were in Los Angeles because he was walking around this massive center with loads of people making a big show of you know bopping his head. They caught him because his brother went and paid for the plane. Presumably in the little back office, and it's like he's just paid. He's just paid in cash, and it's like really that's what's got you caught. Not like not dancing around. No, I, I, again, it's just it's it's. It, I'm not admonishing the film for for doing what it did because that's what it was. I believe was was this an R-rated film? Yeah, it's uh, fifteen. I, I, I think. It must have been because of the violence and. The sexuality, oh, and I think there was quite a bit of cursing in it. Well, again, so. that goes into it, Shut doesn't it? Again, mouth. like you know, th- this sort of film if it comes out today, it's a PG thirteen. It's twelve A. It's like, that's not flying. It's not working. Like it's just not working. And if this film comes out today, it's a twelve A. It's a PG thirteen, a hundred percent. Which again just adds to the problem. I get it to make more money to get in front of more people. You got to tone it right well, down if you're going to do that. Yeah, but as you said in Logan, the pair of you and more so Dan neuters films somewhat because films that should you know like look at the new morbius that i haven't seen but i've had friends who've seen it who've said well you hear too much off screen it's all and yet the comics are all really bloody because it's a guy who becomes a vampire kind of it it, did not so they make these decisions based on money and then it doesn't work for them like logan was the one of the highest rated like uh r-rated films same with films like zombieland but they have to fight for the studios to let them make that decision. I think there's much more studio interference as well now. I think that doesn't help because maybe in the 90s, act, I mean, even though in this film, John will have to argue with the, the studios, I think now, because there's so much money behind them, so much more. And, you know, films have to make five, six hundred. That's the thing, right? Five, yeah, they have to make five, six hundred million, seven hundred million, you know, like a billion is nothing now. And I know ticket prices have gone up ridiculously, but um, they've got to make that much money now that if they, if they don't, they don't fly straight away, then it's, I don't know. Well, we're also in this weird state where people aren't flocking back to cinema, right? So Look at the rubbish that's on, to... though. Sorry, too much, but go on. What's that? Just a, a lot of the stuff that's on. Like, I, I don't think we're in a golden age of cinema. I'm sorry. I personally, I, I really don't. I think I think we're in one. The, the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think a lot of the stuff coming out is is particularly good. We're certainly not in the nineties, are we? Yeah, but you gotta you gotta remember too. You gotta remember too. This this may be a product of our age because I go back and I revisit this. Um, I love this film when it came out. When this film came out, I was in my twenties. Um, much like a lot of the other films that uh, you know you hear me wax on poetically about, they were films that I connected with when I was younger. Now I introduce someone who's in their twenties now to a film like Face Off. They're like. What is this garbage? You know, they like 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 Ben, for example. I give you a hard time about um, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that, because you didn't connect with it perhaps at the right time, right? So a lot of people that are going to movies now, like they'll sit there and go on about you know, like a kid will see Morbius and go, I love Morbius because maybe it was one of his first uh, you know, viewing experiences in a theater. And I think some of it can be a product of where we are when we see things. And it's like 
we keep saying it here, like they don't make movies like they used to. It's like, no, but they didn't make movies like they did in 1997, like they did in 87 and 77 and so on and so forth. And that just may be a generational thing that we all deal with. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. It's, it's, it's a good point, um, especially in terms of, yeah, the, the changes across the 70s, the 80s. You. And that's, you're welcome. Um, I can be nice. Um, it's it's the uh, no. I think it's just the marketplace. Like it's saturated with superhero films, extended universes. It's it's too much, and it's it's like choked. It's I mean I don't I wouldn't say it's choked the life out of cinema, but it's not done particularly well. And I don't know. It's it's just such a. And then there's TVs, TV series that that link in, and there's like I don't know. I think it's about how how people are now, like. Or maybe it's a generational thing again. Like people seem to be so divisive. They either love it to the ends of the earth, or they're like, "I don't, I don't like it at all. Can't stand it." Um, there's very few like that are in the middle of. Well, this was all right. That was all right. I think that's a product of the social media age that we exist in. Probably, yeah. Where where everyone can give their opinion instantly. Whereas you know, back in the day, if Ben and I walked out of Face Off. And I was like, oh, it was great. And Ben would be like, oh, it was stupid. I, I thought it was dumb. The conversation ends there. It doesn't live on for eternity in a digital form on a social media app, right? It just would disappear into the ether. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, because like, I am torn. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that uh, I think the, the, the superhero genre, and I... Pff, Man, I love that stuff. I love everything that's taken place with the, not everything, but I, the existence of the MCU and the fact that we've got TV series that tie into it, you know, from someone that grew up reading comic books and having these stories that were linked over many different series, overarching over lots of different stories. I think it's great, but I will agree that um, it's reaching a point where we're at critical mass, like there's going to be a shift and maybe like the Westerns have come and gone in, in, in yesteryear, maybe the superhero movie is going to fall victim to that. But yeah, there's there's not as much um, variety that, uh, that, that that you find, um, you know, back in this time. Anyways, my, just my two cents. How does um, your son compare some of these films? So if he's seen some of the, the recent Marvel films or, any film in the last 10 years or so compared to, I know you've started to try and introduce him to Indiana Jones and some stuff in the eighties and the nineties, I'm assuming as well. Is there some films from the eighties and nineties, which he just goes, yeah, stupid, not getting it. I've tried to expose him to most of these things, uh, like all together. And he's still at an age, like, I don't know about you guys, but it takes a while, like maybe till you're like 12, 13, you start getting out there with, uh, you know, being social with people of your own age group where you start to develop like, ah, I think maybe this sucks. When you're at his age, he's nine. Like he he likes most things that we sit down and watch, right? So I don't think he's looking at it from, um, I think the only time I've ever heard him comment on the quality of a film was when we were watching Aliens, which he absolutely loved. He's like, he's, this is one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. But there's a scene where they're coming down to the planet and the dropship is, uh, you know, coming out of the Sulaco. And there's a very um, obvious composite shot of the dropship in the foreground with the surface. And it, it's just, it's very jarring. And I, he just said, oh, wow, that, that sure looks like an old movie. Um, but other than that, no, he, he digs Indiana Jones and he's still young enough into the adventure at all. But something like this face off, like I've shown him some shit that you probably shouldn't show a nine year old. 
but uh, I don't think I would show him face off. There's just uh, there's too much going on that uh, I think a, a young mind would have trouble like, absorbing. That's good though. That, that's that's warming the heart to hear that he's uh, he's already picking up on on dodgy CGI. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of him. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I don't want my dad. I, sorry, I don't want him going to me. Dad, what's rape? Why is he? Why is he trying to? Why is he trying to make a move on his daughter? Oh, I, I don't, I'm not ready for those conversations. No, I, I was yeah. just talking about CGI. Like, I'll I'll that really tra- you. You're not happy with that. You you you're really triggered by what took place with uh, the, the the sexual assault in this movie. Eh, oh no, hang on. Sorry, I've mixed up the. Uh, hang on. So so one earlier on, I was talking about when Caster Troy, who's in Travolta's body, goes into his bedroom and like checks out what is kind of looks like his own daughter, but isn't his. Yeah, that's uncomfortable as hell. But then there is an actual like almost an assault scene where there's the guy in the car and he smashes it. Like that was a lot. Speaking of rewatching it, Dan, I'm with you completely. Cause that part where the guys in the car, um, like the punk or whatever the hell he is, you know, with his daughter, yeah, yeah. that was much stronger than I remember. I thought like, you know, thinking back to a That's scene, harsh, eh? I was like, Oh yeah. He kisses her and like tries to cop a feel. And she's like, no, I'll pack it in. And then he smashes the window. But no, he's actually like, he says something like hold still. And it's like, Whoa, that's, <laughs> That was yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. darker than I remember. What a deranged move that is. So they've had a lovely evening together. You know, they've gone to the movies, they've had some dinner, or they've, they've just sat in the car and looked, watched the stars. And then he goes, you know what? I'll go for the um, the sexual assault in the driveway. Her dad of being the, a cop. <laughs> that's what, that's no, what I'll go the for. Head of, I'll the go head for of the now. FBI. The head of the FBI. And then the, and then the bit, um, it, gets wor- it gets worse. This is what I talk about. It, 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 people probably, I, I don't know if they did, because no internet and stuff in the nineties, but there's a scene oh, after that where Travolta turns around. Not sorry, uh, it's it's anyway the Travolta character right turns. Around. I keep getting mixed up with these yeah, fucking and, guys. And, anyway, so who who looks like Travolta right says to his daughter like a line something which is horrific when you like think about it. He says, "If you dress up like Halloween, ghouls will try and get in your pants." Oh, and she says to him, "Oh, that's great, Dad. Somebody tries to like attack me, and you and you blame me." Like if that was done in a film now, oh my god, there'd be mobs. They'd be like, "Well, do you know what was even blame, worse than that?" Victim blaming and this and the other. So it's like Greece. Like you watch that back, and everyone dances to it at a wedding. It was on last night. Disco, disco, away, dancing to it, Greece lighting, and it's like well, Greece has put, got some problems, you know, doesn't it? Did yeah. she put up a Greece fight? And all that, and you're like, "Whoa, this is." Yeah, there's there's that part of generations that don't age well. I th- I thought the Halloween gag was um was pretty good. I thought it was a funny line. I thought it was a funny line, but the part that I found jarring was when he's uh, he hands her the the butterfly knife and he says, "Next time, let Trevor take his pants down." And it's like, "Next time, was going to get another yeah, he, date he, with he this guy?" I would assume the, the relationship's over at this yeah. point. You'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's um, yeah, very very. Uh, but but I will say this though, we'll move on from that subject. But talking about how generations change, right? I think um, greatness transcends generations, and I've written that down, right? Uh, because I think some of my favourite films are from way before I was born, like One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, 1975, Shannon Doerr, which is a Western, 1965. Um, There's this great films that were made, you know, I, I mean, I'm a big Titanic person, so, you know, Night to Remember, 1958. Really? Yeah, have you not watched my podcast, listened to my podcast at all? You mean like the you you mean like the James Cameron? It's a pretretty decent film. I quite enjoy it, but no, I mean like the history, I mean, history hey, of it, Dan. Like it's like like I oh, have okay, my okay, like okay. football team, but like Titanic is like 
that was almost what I did my podcast on. That's how much that I know. But anyway, so yeah, uh, I, I think there are things that can like cross generations. But I think, yeah, that, that's my point anyway. No, so your point was you're, you're talking about films that uh, stand the test of time. Do you put Face Off in that category? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Hmm. What about you, Ben? Uh, I think it's just so much fun. I can't say this isn't fun. I can't even be bothered to even look at the stuff which has not aged well. Yeah. Because for me, it's it's all right. I'm not like I'm not an idiot. I'm sitting there going, mm, okay. Sexual assault, that's that's not ideal. Okay, that's yeah, debatable. That's, yeah, 2022. Oh, yikes. But I'm having too much fun. I'm not thinking about that shit. I'm not getting bogged down with that rubbish. I'm just sitting there watching people just jump around and shoot people. And John Travolta just mints around being Nicolas Cage. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm not worried about what's going on. This is so entertaining. Yeah. And lots of people jumping, jumping through everything they can. If there's a mirror there and they need to shoot somebody, they'll just jump through the mirror. They'll like jump through. Oh, the mirror, scene. so the mirror much... scene's good. Yeah. The mirror there's... scene's pretty oh, good. Oh, no, there's yeah, a yeah. bit before that where a cop literally, <laughs> oh, no, one of the, one of like, the the drug dealer associates he has to shoot somebody and he literally dives through a mirror sideways to shoot a guy like why didn't you just go around the mirror why don't you just walk around it it's, it's just slow it? motion just stylized just to the max beautiful of John Woo. it's just uh dual wielding slow-mo um the doves of course we get the doves towards the yeah, end the the birds, yeah. of the doves and you know the purity and cleansing the soul and all that goodness it was it's superb. It's just so good. Ben, if if, if they showed a shot of the pews co- covered in pigeon shit, it wouldn't have been quite the same. But yeah, somebody really somebody's get those doors closed. <laughs> pretty, pretty. We've got a whole flock of them coming in. But um, <laughs> the doves would have made sense right at the start as well on the on the old um, merry-go-round. But like, it's like, oh, you know, when are these doves going to show up? <laughs> this is a John Woo film for fuck's sake. When are these? Oh, here we go. They're in the church. Fantastic. So good. Mexican standoff. I think brilliant. I think you you summed it up perfectly there where when i threw it on last night i was kind of like okay two hours uh, let's get through this and i remember going this is a lot more fun than i was expecting like i was like i said i kind of checked out by the uh by the boat scene like i was like i i have no more notes to take down i'm i'm kind of done with this movie but overall i was like yeah this is this is a lot of fun but as far as being like a like a great movie yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I put it in the category of like, it's almost a time capsule of of uh, what movies were like back then and, and what was considered a big blockbuster. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would ever revisit it again. Like, uh, just, just because of, you know, uh, I kind of I got it. Right? I, I got enough of it. And again, like you guys both mentioned, this isn't a film that warrants being picked apart. It, it knows what it is. It goes in and it doesn't pretend to be something that's not. Like, for example, I saw Ambulance on Wednesday. Oh, how was that? Uh, yeah, I was it? Oh, God. <laughs> I was just like, my word. This is this is really bad. With uh, a, it, it was bad because it was trying to take itself seriously. And I forgot that it was, uh, I, I forgot that it was, what, what, what's the guy's name? Michael Bay. I forgot it was Michael Bay and he just did Michael Bay things. Like every time there's a car chase or some sort of explosion, you can just see Michael Bay like behind the camera going more, yeah. more. There's, there's lots of drones, isn't there? Lots of drone stuff going oh, on. Oh yeah. There's, there, there, it's just, and, and it just went on too long. Like I'm like, okay, they're, 
<laughs> they're in an ambulance and they're getting chased around the the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, I, is this it? Is this is this the movie? There was not enough variety, I thought. But I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just being too harsh on it. No, but in in many ways, this film's quite hard to talk about. Face off, it's quite tricky because other than just waxing lyrical about it for for an hour and just saying how goofy it is and just how fun it is and how over the top it is and how great John Travolta and Nicolas Cage were, it's one of those films where and it's this is very rare for me where I'm like I just I can't I can't be bothered. I don't want to hear any any criticisms. Yeah. Like, well, I, I don't mind, but yeah, there's there's loads. There's a whole you know there's a whole list of stuff that you just start going. What the fuck is this? But it's just one of those films where it was such a delight for me watching it last night because, like you said, Dan, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I hadn't rewatched it for a long time. I knew I loved it back in the day, but I was like, yeah, this is pretty. This film's a good film, but like, is this going to be mm, a bit dodgy in places? Uh, is it going to be a bit boring? Is it a little bit overlong? Oh, it's not boring. No, it's it's, it's definitely not boring. It was one of the few films. It was one of the first films in, I think in a while that put a big smile on my face. And that takes a lot. I don't smile often. So <laughs> Nicolas Cage, John Travolta, good job. Thank you very much. This is probably the most glowing review of a film that you and I have sat down and talked about where you haven't been like, yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a good film. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, not, it's not often you come across as the negative one, Dan, but I mean, me and Dan are like gushing over this. But I, I, um, I will say this though. I, I know what you're talking. I'm not negative. You've come across, it doesn't matter. Right, I, nice. I don't know you well enough yet. Um, <laughs> the the part you were saying, I'm the positive one. He just he just screws me over in editing. <laughs> um, what you were talking about, Ben, about the fact that you enjoyed it so much and it gave you such a good feeling, which is what films should do. Um, that you can't criticize it. I am like this with like the Mummy, the Mummy Returns. I love those films so much that I can't look past what I'm watching to criticize it. And even when I reviewed them for the podcast, I couldn't. Even though there's a bit, of, you know, the CGI every now, you know, but I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get over my love of it to criticize it. But I think that's the beauty of films, isn't it? Well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, you're right, Sean. That that is. I think sometimes you spend a lot of time talking about films, and you know, you go on the podcast and talk about them. And I guess for me, I, I can be quite critical at times, and I, I break stuff down and say, oh, I didn't quite like that, and I'm not sure about that, and stuff. And you know, I've done a lot of episodes with Tom, who's who's even worse than me. I feel. So, and Fiona, she hasn't really got a clue. So, yeah, it was just a reminder that films are fun. Well, they used to be. <laughs> Can you put that as a new tagline for film floggers? Film floggers. Films are fun. Films are in fun. Brackets, in brackets, <laughs> they used to be. They don't make films like they used to, the first time I've said that. They don't. They don't. They don't. But this is the part that I find frustrating. And you, you know, I, you feel like I attacked the scientific validity of this film and i apologize because that's something you clearly had near and dear to your heart sean but both of you guys the both of you guys i tend to find that uh especially ben and again sean i don't know you that well but i i I was gonna ask ben if he was gonna shit on this which he didn't which was you know surprising uh name name a film that's come out over the last 10 years that you guys were bullish about Right, like I can name plenty because I, I don't get too bogged down in in the the well, it's not like this or it doesn't hold up to the last. I, much like Ben's motto, films are fun, and I enjoy getting lost in in the you know experience of, of going to the movies. So, guys, here's a challenge: out of the last ten years, you name me your favorite movie that you've seen. 
Oh, oh God. Go no, I can't, mate. Um, oh, that is a... I'm quite bad is, on the spot. That's a diff... No, that's a difficult one. Um, Sorry, Sean, if I could just interrupt for a second. I have just thought of five films on the spot, out of nowhere. So ignore future me. He's crazy. This has definitely not been recorded post-production. So, five films, Dan Mackles, no problem. Mad Max, Fury Road. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, great film. Amour, Michael Haneke, great film. Uh, what else? I'm definitely not scrolling down my list that I found on the internet. Uh, what else? Prisoners, Denise Villeneuve, fantastic. Another Round, oh yes. Thomas, uh, oh, Vinterberg, is that the one? Great film, great film. Uh, okay, one more, one more. What else have we got? What else have we got? We've got... What else do I like? I just like so much stuff. It's just hard to narrow it down. Parasite, that's an easy one. That's a good film. Anyway, sorry, Sean, for interrupting you. Back to you. Well, 2012 was a Dark Knight Rises. That was all right, but... Um, I guess Jesus. it's just like, I mean, what I mean, are you guys looking for the Nolan, the, film, the, right? Nolan, <laughs> the Nolan films, uh, Tenet, I didn't like at all. Um, no, no, it's films you did like. Films you, you know, did no, like. Okay, okay, sorry. Um, no, uh, okay, Jesus. Um, I like Dunkirk. I thought that was great. Um, Nolan's. Uh, no, Inception 2009. Bugger. Um, I'd say Inception was the last film I loved, but it's over 10 years, so there you go. That is, is a film I go back to and genuinely love it. Jeez, that's, I, I, think, that's, I think that's unfortunate that... Over a decade of, of quality films have come out, and there's not one you can point to of going like, ah, I, you know, I've hated everything, right? That's tough. That's tough. You, ben, your turn. I'll give you a documentary. Sorry, a Blackfish. Blackfish was that. That was great. Nah, I, that was great. Nah, documentaries do not count. Well, nah. it's a documentary film. Nah. 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 Good documentary, like. <laughs> You see what happened when I I try to bring a bit of positivity in, and it I just get that's not positive. That's about a bunch of fish that have been absolutely persecuted. You guys are what was he? uh, What was he called? Tilikum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I liked. So I I always probably gravitate towards horror. That's fair. Horror is probably my genre. Well, well, it used to be. That's that. I guess that's the irony of this of this question. It used it used to be. Um, I liked a film called Just Follow. Oh, sorry, no, no, sorry, no, sorry, sorry. It follows. It, it follows. Christ Almighty! I yeah. liked it that much that I forgot the name of the film. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it follows. Yeah, that's that's good. I've seen it quite a few times now, so I would struggle a little bit to rewatch it. I'd rewatch it for the for the podcast. I'd, I'd love to talk about it, but yeah, that that was a really good, almost throwback horror film for me. Mm-hmm. That was really enjoyable. I thought it was good. It, I'd, I'd say it, but it wasn't. It, it was, wasn't. It amazing. was okay. It yeah, was okay. Part yeah. two was. Oh, I loved. It. I, I I was actually going to say that, Sean. I I absolutely loved it. I. Wow. It's one of those very rare occasions where you know everyone wants to shit on uh, remakes and and reboots. That one was infinitely superior to what came out with the miniseries. And obviously, they could do more than what you could do with network television. But yeah, I loved it. And and like the Marvel films. Man, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I just, I, I adored it. I think what they were able to achieve with uh, uh, Infinity War, it's amazing. Like, th- 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 those are the kind of, and I guess, too, it's what you're looking for when you go to the theater. I'm looking for that. 
I'm looking for that excitement and fun that brings me back to how I felt when I was a kid. And again, uh, tying back into this film here with uh, Face Off, it was fun. That's I want to sit in a theater with a big box of popcorn and enjoy myself. And I, I think this one is a great example of that. Films have changed. They're, they're not about fun anymore. By the people, it's not so much us. We want fun, don't we? We all want fun. We are entertainment. But you look at how movies have been made now. They want, they need a message, or they need. We broke new ground with this, or we broke new ground with that. It's not about let's make the best film. It's about sometimes you feel it's more about politics gets involved, and that's what puts me off. Yeah, I think it's just because we live in an age where we're much more aware of that. Films have always been that way. It's just that we weren't aware of it back then. I mean, well, maybe they were more new. I think in the past they were more nuanced. They were better at doing it. They were better at writing stories where. You could think about current day things, but it wasn't smacked over your head. But Yeah, but we've also reached an age where it's hard to see something new, right? When you're young, like, you know, new stories are, are, are just that, they're new. But when you're a, a fan of films, which both of you guys are, and you've seen so many films, you get to the point where it's like, well, you know where this is going. You, 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 you know what they're going to uh, try to present to you, what message they're going to tell. So you sort of lose that innocence of, of being shocked and awed, if you will, or, or surprised. And I think that's something I try very hard to maintain as I, I, I always, you know, would make fun of other people I would watch movies with. They go in with their arms crossed, like impress me where I'm just, I just go for the ride. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of people can get yeah. caught up into yeah. is, is looking to be impressed instead of just going along for the well, ride. Well, yeah, I know, but, but this is maybe, and I'd love to see what you're feeling. It. Sorry, Ben, I just want to ask because I know Dan loves his sports. No, no, I need to, I need to let my guest have lots of time. I love my, I love my sport. You, you have your ice hockey, Dan? Ice hockey, right? I have my football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, right? Football. Footy? Footy, yeah. I'm a season ticket holder. Go to watch my f- team every week. I go there, and if I don't enjoy what I see, I'm vocal about it because I'm paying to go see that. It's supposed to be entertainment. And I don't support a team like Ben. That's, uh, well, Ben's not, team isn't up there anyway. But I don't, sorry, Ben. I don't, I don't, I don't support a team that's like, hit, you know, a, a big hitter. Mine's like a second, you know, second division. It's not a massive, you know, we've been a big team in the past. Anyway, that's that's what I'm like. I go to a film to be impressed. I'm handing over my money that I pay for, which isn't easy to come by for anybody. Maybe this is just where I've grown up in not the most prosperous part of England. Um, People earn that money. They, They work hard all week. If they go see a film, if that film's no good, or they're smacked over the head by the politics, or it's just poor, or they've trod it out because, oh, we need another MCU film or whatever. I, I will say, no, I didn't like it, and I, I'm, it's not good enough. Like, the pur- I went to see one of the, the last Purge movie they did, and it was just all about America and Mexico and a certain American no one likes, and I thought, uh, whose name I'm not going to mention, and I thought, I don't want this in a Purge. What are you giving me this for? I don't want politics. Give me give me death. Give me entertainment. That's, that's all you're here for. Um. That's maybe why I get a little bit wound up because I think, well, you're supposed to impress me. Um, I think I do get, I try and go in open-minded. I, I do. But sometimes you go to a film and you know exactly what they're, you know exactly what they're there for. That probably helps with the whole, um, you know, the whole rise of Netflix and Amazon and, you know, whatever other shit you want to talk about in terms of subscription and videos on demand. Is that, um, 
you've just got you've just got a whole library of just all sorts of stuff that you can just put on for like 10 15 minutes maybe and go yeah not doing it for me i don't like that next um and i feel the cinema will become something maybe similar to like um you know broadway or or um seeing a show in, in london or yeah. wherever you are it's a luxury it's it's not just uh, you can get a ticket for you know, ten dollars or five pounds on a on a cheap day or in the afternoon. It's like twenty five pounds, thirty pounds, and it's you've got a lot of those cinemas, and I'm sure there's there's some in Canada where they're you know there's sofas and there's nice comfy seats, and you pay more. Oh, we got some great ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel maybe that's going to be the future of cinema. You don't just get a cheap ticket; it, it becomes a, an event. And there's all sorts of weird places in London where you can you can have a bed and you can have sofas and all this shit. I've, I've been to a couple it's of them. It's just, though, isn't it? Just ridiculous, just lying in a bed for 25 that's quid. That's London in a nutshell, for Christ's sake. Yeah, stupid. There is something to it, isn't there, with the whole Amazon, Netflix and stuff, where you can just go, yeah, next. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I'm not. I, I'm a massive believer in cinemas. I think it's it's cruel if it goes that way, because I think some films survive on seeing them on the big screen. So you talk about, like, going back to what Dan was saying earlier about... about that I'm, you know, that I'm not easily impressed. I've been going to the cinema more in the the last few years. Well, not the last few years. <laughs> uh, forget what's been going on. In the last five years, I've been going to the cinema because the cinema chain that's one of the ones near me does what they call flashback, and you can go watch an old film. So in the last five years, I've seen that's cool. Saving Private Ryan on the cinema. I saw the 2009 Star Trek. I saw The Shining in cinemas, which is unbelievable. I saw uh, what was the other one I saw. There was uh, Dunkirk, I think they brought that out. I saw Titanic in 2012 when they brought that out in the 3D re-release. So I'm not against going to the cinema or paying that money, but I I go and see films that I know are going to be good. I think the standard, I think the quality of films is generally lower. I think they're thrown out now. I I equate it back to like PS1, PS2 games, when PS, which because that's my age, right, when PS1, when they came out, you got like some quality is awful, but you got like the Die Hard trilogy and you know the films like uh, the, the the like the world is not enough, Tomorrow Never Dies, the Bond for you know the Bond video games. The quality is terrible, but the love behind them because they were so difficult to make in terms of the music and the, the storyline. I think we've maybe I, I think that's how films have gone. It sounds it sounds like to me, Sean, that you're stuck in nostalgia trap. Like you, you, you want to feel the way you did when you were that age, when you go to the cinema and it's hard to replicate. And, uh, I, 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 again, everyone's going to get whatever they want out of it. Right. I, I more often than not, again, I'm 46 years old, man. Like I've, I've seen so many films in the theater, but I can still get lost in the wonder. I can still go into a film like, uh, you know, whatever the next Marvel film's going to be and, and be thoroughly entertained by it and taken away on the story. Yeah, no, but- I love the Spider- I went to see Spider- Spider-Man, I went to see. Spider-Man, No Way Home. I didn't think it was great, but I walked out of that cinema. For- no, I, I didn't. But I walked out of it feeling really happy. I enjoyed it. And I thought, oh my God, that's how films are supposed to make you feel. Yeah, there was lots of nostalgia bit in it. So you're probably right. But it, it was, it was great. M- maybe, maybe I am, maybe I'm stuck, but I do say that, quality is generally lower maybe i need i don't know maybe it's just the age maybe i'm just bullshit who knows i don't know man like you take a look at the some films that uh we you know again I, i'm not going to attack the mummy i thought the mummy was just fine for what it was but you know I, you could put films that are coming out today and the mummy looks quite quite quaint 
Um, but it's different because you have an emotional connection to it. But we could get lost down the state of cinema and where it is and where it's going. But do you want to give ratings for this one, Ben? Or are we at rating time? Oh, yeah, we do the flog score, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, God. What movie was it again? It's been so long. Yeah, no, sorry. I, no, I was, I, no, sorry. I was just thinking about the, uh, the, the films in the last 10 years. I'm going to make a list. So next episode we do, I'm going to make a list of five films. I'm going to show you, Dan, that there's five films that I've really enjoyed <laughs> the last 10 years, all right? I've named five films. I've done this already. Again, I've got no idea what future Ben's talking about. Crazy. This is not post-production. Yeah, so, yeah, flog scores. Um, oh, no, yeah, Sean, this is your first time. It's So it's, you know, prepare yourself. It's very complicated, the flog score system, you see. So it's naught to 5, naught being, of course, a perfect film. So no no flogs. Uh, five flogs, terrible. Your face literally comes off. It blows off. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, so, Sean, you know, over to you. Uh, what are you giving face <sighs> off? Do you know, if, just because just I know you can't do it because it's really awkward, but uh, in terms of your audio, I was going to say half a flog, but I'll go, I'll go, I'll no, go, go half a flog. I'll go one flog. You can go half a flog. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll go half. I think, I don't think, I can't think of a way this film could be any better. Yes, it's insensitive at times, um, but overall, unbelievable. Loved it. Dan? Well, again, it's it's tough because we were talking about the last time I think we were we were rating uh, Die Hard or whatever. Um, like, say you'll give one movie, you know, so many scores, and you'll be like, "How does this one compare with this other classic?" But for what it is, for 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 the the time and and the kind of film that you're expecting and what it delivers on, yeah, I, I think um, again, I'll rate it to how I felt watching it last night. I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it. Uh, a flog and a half. And that second swing's really light. It's like a light little tap. It's like it's like uh, a secretary walking by Sean Archer <laughs> and he's giving her a little a little tap on the bum. Oh, yeah. So but I think it delivers on on what you want. And for that, yeah, I'll give it uh, I'll give it one and a half flogs. No Kelly Clarkson Ben? Yeah, I I think I'll go in the middle. I'll go in the middle. I'll give it one. I'll give it one. Um, oh, that does seem a bit high. No, I think one. No, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, because I mean, we're not comparing it to like one of the greatest films ever made. But Dan, we're not going into Star Wars. A zero white film is like you know what? What is a zero white film? I can yeah. So it's yeah. No, I think I think one's reasonable. Oh, Dan, I, I completely forgot to mention actually. Just before we we finish off, Dietrich, there was a joke on Twitter that I made quite a while ago. Um, about how I, you reminded me of of a character. I don't, I don't, off, I don't follow you. Off face I don't, I don't off. Follow you on Twitter. Um, so. so yeah, Dietrich is the is the gentleman in question. And um, is that Nick Cassavetes? Yes, that's correct. Yes, if you'd agree. But there is a okay. um, a resemblance of of sorts there. Um, did you own the earring? Do you have the earring? You know, I was never allowed. I, no? I, I yeah, I I thought about it, but uh, yeah, I, I was I was talked out of it, and I am grateful. I'm grateful for that. Right. Good looking man. Good side character. Enjoyable. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, he's a director too, isn't he? I believe he's a director. Oh, is he now? I can't name anything else he's been in, but he directed The Notebook, of course. The Internet. Ah, not post-production. I, I believe he's a director. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah. Anyways, Ben, that was uh, that was fun. Thanks for having me on. Um, 
it's always a it's always a joy, especially to talk about a film that you know you weren't mediocre on. It was pretty fun, really fun. <laughs> no, I, I enjoyed Die Hard too. I enjoyed that. That was a good time. I don't remember. I usually zone you out near the end of the episode, oh, anyways. Okay. So, uh, so next up, everyone, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. No, Is that right? Who are you bringing on for that? Because it ain't me. Well, obviously it's me, you, and no, special guest. No, 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 no. Mark no. Hamill. No, no. Yeah, well, Sean, absolute pleasure having you on. I hope you'll you'll come back. It's um, pretty weird over here at Film Vloggers, as you've found out. But uh, but please do do tell the huge listener audience where they can find you and. Uh, yeah, just just spend the next ten minutes just naming every single place they can find you. Every <laughs> podcast hosting place, just just name them all. I want to hear them all. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Um, sorry if I talk too much. Uh, it's only my second or third time guesting. Oh no, 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 no. That that was more of a reference to uh, an inside joke that we had. Sean, yes, I'm with you. About, yeah, about something. It's yeah, an inside yeah. joke I've got with a few people. Bless them. Right, um, right. No, sorry. It's, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. I'm... Sorry, I thought, I thought me, me and you had a special relationship, but you know, never mind. No, we've got jokes about Dan. Sorry, no, not about somebody else. Um, Dan's still here. He's not left yet. He's still here. So just be careful. Uh, is he still here? Is he still here this time? He flew off on my one. Anyway, oh, so he'll stick around to say bye to you. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Sean. You, uh, I do review it yourself. Uh, I do it. Everything and everything to do with films, documentaries as well, which are great. Um, uh, and whatever I fancy TV series I'll start kicking off with. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Yourself Review. And we're on Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. all those kind of things. Um, yeah, what do I do that's different to the million other film podcasts? I don't know. I'm a bit grumpy, very hard to please, obviously. Um, <laughs> yeah, I vouch, I'll vouch for that. Um, I like it. It's good. Yeah, so thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, good fun. And um, I'm sure we can all get together again. And um, ah, I can just sit back and watch you two go at it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. No, good stuff. Um, yeah, that's that. Face off. Face off. Rate, review, subscribe. We love bunny. We love bunny. We love bunny. Right? <laughs> subscribe. Where's the review? Where's the review? Rate, review, and subscribe. And tell a friend. Or two. Please leave Bunny and Fiona a review. They offer one star comment. They offer one star content. With five star Effort. Leave us a review. 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 Tell your friend. Tell your friend. Okay, go again. Shout again. Tell a friend. Tell your friend. Leave a review. Leave a review. Rate. Rate, agree, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. 
Review. Review subscribe. No, 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 no. One no, 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 I'll tell content. you. Okay. One star content! One star ever! Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number. If you're listening to this trailer, you're deciding whether or not you're going to listen to this podcast. Good. But chances are... We've lost you already. Good. Wait, what? No, come on, Matt. What? Well, I mean, Why? it takes it takes what, like ten seconds for people You're to lose interest defeatist. in things. I am not being defeatist. defeatist. They've you gone are. already. It's for now. Then, well, now they are because we started arguing, so we've both sort of driven them out. Well, go right, on, just then. Go on tell, to, tell you... the dead air who we are. Okay, the dead air, the dead air, the cadaver, the people who aren't listening anymore. I'm taking control. You introduce yourself, and then I'll introduce myself, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing. Right? It's going right, to sound right, more professional right, that right. way. Okay, go. okay, okay. Uh, I'm Johnny Gross. I am a filmmaker and a film fan and fanatic and obsessive. Good. Very good. That was very well done. Very professional. You sounded like you're in control and almost like you know who you are. All right, then. And who are you? I'm Sai. I'm a 3D artist and a game designer, a film fan. Uh, I'm your brother as well. Really? So we're going to be talking about some of our favorite movies and hopefully some of yours as well. There's going to be trivia behind the scenes. Do you want to tell the listeners why we've called this podcast What's Our Seat Number? You really came to the right person with fielding this question because I feel that I can take this story and really bring it to life. Okay, so one time we went to go and see a film in the cinema and I asked, What's Our Seat Number? Fantastic. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. I did it for you. It's great. If you want to hear more, you can check out the rest of our episodes. We're hosted by Podbean, but you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music or Audible, TuneIn Alexa, Listen Notes, and now on iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Podchaser. So pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to review, like, and rate, and keep listening, because the more you listen, the more we'll be able to produce. Bye. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.